Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And hello and welcome to MotorWeek's 12th podcast. I am John Davis. And first thing I want to do is thank everyone out there for making our podcast on MotorWeek Online such a success. And we're going to get right to it again today. Joining us, our road test producer, Brian Robinson. Hello. Our writer, Shamit Choksi. Hi, John. And our reporter, Stephen Chepnick. Hello. And let's get uh, to the heart of the matter, which is new cars. Brian Robinson, you are fresh back yes, from the 2009 Geneva Motor Show, the last major European auto show of the season. Maybe. I mean, we've still got New York coming up here in the U.S., but that pretty much finishes it for Europe. I've read several things. I've read that it was kind of a downer. and then I. But looking at all the cars, it looked like there were an awful lot of interesting hardware. So... What's your take? Yeah, I'd say Geneva is known for it's a lot of glitz and glamour, a lot of high style, and it was toned down a little bit, but it was still uh, still typical Geneva. There's usually a lot of uh, high-end, uh, one-off luxury car type things, and some more smaller, moderate European type cars, and it was uh, basically along those lines as well. That show is usually a, a as you mentioned, a kind of a fashion or style show. Yeah. Any trends that you saw that you think might be running? through the industry? Not really. They, uh, the Infinity Essence was probably one of the concepts that drew the most attention. And it's not really a concept of a, another car, but it's more of a the essence of the Infinity brand and and where they're going. And new of course, look, in other words? Yeah, a little bit of a new look. Yeah, you should check it out on the website somewhere if you can find it. It's, it's you know, of course, it's hybrid-powered. You know, everyone's green. You know, every concept now has got to be hybrid-powered, so... But beyond the, it looked to me from looking at all the uh, reports from the show and reading your report from the show that there weren't a lot of vehicles there that are going to impact the American consumer too much. There was the uh, production version of the um, the new Chevy uh, small car, right. uh, the Spark. And anything else you thought that's going to that's going to come here that people will say, "Wow, okay." Well, that was one thing. Usually, you see these little uh, econo boxes over there, and and they're nice. And you ask about them, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, no chance that we're going to sell that in the states." But almost everybody, when you talk to them, was like, "You know, we're really looking into bringing that to the states." Volkswagen Polo, you know, we've never gotten that mm -hmm. here. You know, talking about bringing that in. So, Ford showed a concept, the Iosis right. Max, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, you know five door hatch. A little bit bigger than a you know a real Kano, more of a. They're saying you know, it's sort of like a small crossover. You thought it was too small, yeah. or no, no, it's you know pretty cool. cool. Yeah, Kia Rondo size, you know something along those lines. Mazda five. So, did the show meet your expectations, or? Yeah, uh, Geneva's always a fun show. You know, it's uh, it's uh, compact, easy to get around, and like I say, lots of glitz and glamour. What about the um, new Mercedes E Class? Yeah, that's an important car for them. I think they kind of got beat up a little bit for the C Class, and this is kind of their their bread and butter, the E Class. So uh, it, it's nice, and tons of techno uh, goodies, wizardry that you wouldn't even think of it's in there even more so than what the current s class is a little sharper styling too yeah smooth it out a little bit and you get a coupe now as well and we're going to get a diesel version of that a blue tech you know sure. you in geneva also you sometimes see these uh green supercars that come out and yeah, uh, sure. the namir hybrid i i you know that caught my eye just because you got this ferrari like vehicle that gives 
110 miles to the gallon. I mean, of course, we'll never see it'll never see the light Dude, of day. Does it really? That's the right. first question. But uh, was that getting a lot of attention? Yeah, there's them? a whole section of uh, like really niche high performance makers there, and they always have these. I think Spiker, Koenigsegg, it's right. like a German one, and they're all either like diesel powered or hybrid, right? Or all electric. Running. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And suppose you know they've got video of them running around, and I mean, seems like Geneva is like where that's happening. That's mm-hmm. kind of the you know their little claim to fame. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of it there. Mm-hmm. It looked like an interesting show, and from what I could tell from the footage, it, it certainly didn't look like it was a particular downer. Sometimes I think people write the headlines, write the headlines before they go. Yeah, they, fr- they want it to be a downer, yeah. Yeah. and then they, they, they see it once. And so that's it for uh, Europe until next fall when we go to Frankfurt. <laughs> I think they're already talking about the cars there. Okay, this is Switching Gears time. Shemit, since you were joining in there, let's go to you next. Um, A very, very important car that basically has just bowed uh, the new generation of the Lexus RX. Specifically, our test on the show is of the 450H hybrid. What's your overall view? Uh, I mean, it's a perfect example of Toyota's latest green advancements. its predecessor, obviously, is the 400H, uh, which was the premium level uh, hybrid crossover. Um, this thing is just a huge step up over that. It has a ton more in terms of its hybrid, the hybrid drive system is way more improved. Um, it's almost a 15% uh, fuel economy fuel boost, economy, I mean, yeah, well well into the 30s, which is pretty significant. Correct. I mean, it has, uh, and it has more power, has battery smaller, uh, power control unit is smaller, um, and it's, it's also, it has two new features, two new, I would say, technology systems that have uh, sort of come into play. One is the exhaust gas recirculation system. Uh, and the other is the exhaust heat recovery system. Both of these are also promoting uh, the fuel economy. Yeah, the, the exhaust gas recirculation system, which is not a, a new thing on cars, but it's the way they're using it on this particular hybrid is to, uh, again, save fuel and to cut down on some of the uh, heat uh, that, uh, that has to be taken care of in the after system, I right, believe. Right, so it basically eliminates the, the need for fuel enrichment, which... Saves gas. Exactly. Uh, now, what about power? Uh, you know, is, are people that have the current hybrid, are they going to be uh, disappointed, please? I mean, how can you, you can't really be disappointed. You're getting better fuel economy and more power. To, uh, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, the, the system's giving you 27 more horsepower. Uh, um, you know, I, I just, it's just better all the way around. There's as, as before, it's also uh, standard and front-wheel drive. And standard and front-wheel drive. With the all-wheel drive, it's front-wheel drive, it has two electric motors. With the all-wheel drive, it has a third electric motor that uh, helps the system along. It uh, much sharper to look at. I mean, all the RXs look mm-hmm. like that they've, they're, while very evolutionary, they've done a lot of creasing and made them look, um, I was just looking at uh, one today, it looks more shark-like, I think. Yeah, before. more aggressive looking for sure, and, and matches up to the handling too. It's got a wider track, uh, revised rear suspension, so it drives a little bit more tight, tighter, firmer feel. Yeah, I mean, that's like you're taking a car that was already one of the best uh, in its feel and just upping it that much better. Making it better. That's what it's about. 
Stephen Chupnik, we're going to go back to the future with you. Uh, your segment on the return of the DeLorean, fascinating. Here's a car much better known on the silver screen and Back to the Future movies than uh, it was on the streets. Um, a car that uh, John DeLorean, who was the father of the GTO, tried to get off the ground only to wind up in, in jail with uh, uh, some drug charges. Uh, but who's behind bringing this car back? You've been there. You've seen it. You've driven it. Tell us more about it. Yeah, it's a guy. Uh, he's he's British, and uh, his name is Stephen Wynn, and not the guy from Vegas. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it sounds like he may be gambling a lot anyway. It, it is true. Um, but this guy, uh, they, we went down to Houston where the new facilities are, and it uh, this warehouse is enormous. It's It's got... Uh, parts from 1980s, which uh, actually when the car stopped uh, production, they made a thousand more parts of every portion of the car. Uh, the chassis, the doors, uh, you know, those famous wing doors are, there's a thousand of them still in the factory. That and these had, are all original parts that were made parts. back in the early 80s, and, yeah. were, and that's what he's reassembling now, completely that, new cars from. Completely new cars. In fact, uh, we met one of the guys uh, who is buying one, and he came in, and he, it was probably one of the funniest lines he ever said is, he goes, why, uh, why get a used 80s car when I can buy a new 80s car? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it is true. Um, you know, we met this, this other guy who actually works for DeLorean, who's worked for the DeLorean Motor Company since 1979, uh, who uh, was telling us stories that it, one mostly can't be repeated on the air. Um, but uh, he did say that this Stephen Wynn, who now has the products, has done more for this car in the last maybe 15 years that than John DeLorean ever did for anything. Well, Stephen, also, he, he was in the business of refurbishing old DeLoreans. Right. You could take them to his shop, and he would rebuild them for you. Now he's gone the next step in actually reissuing the car. Now, I know you had a chance to drive the new car, uh, and you weren't around when we tested the original car on MotorWeek. Uh, I wanted one so bad. I mean, it was a car that I was really lusting after until I drove it. And the factory was very, very uh, reticent about letting the press drive the car. They kept putting everybody off. And once we got in it, we could see why, because it didn't handle very well, which was really amazing since it had a car, a car with a chassis designed by uh, Colin Chapman, who was uh, began Lotus. So any indication from your short drive? I mean, he doesn't have original tires on this car. No. The tire again. The, the tires are the original tires as well. Um, they, no, they can't be. Well, they're, 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 they're the original. The, the, the original, original design. 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 It's not the tire. Not the actual tires. But the original design is still there. And there was still power. I mean, you know, I you didn't find get, you found the car handled okay in corners. Uh, not as well, but it did handle. I mean, I was able to do you know a couple loops and. The big thing around. was the back end was always kind of skittish, like a, an old Porsche. Did you feel anything like that? Uh, it was just hard, you, you know, just to get going. There, there was the the power steering was. N nil to not at all. Oh, yeah, didn't it? It was pretty numb. But I must say, I love looking at them. I loved them in the movies. I still, uh, we were just doing our stand-up for uh, Steven's uh, segment uh, against a, a friend of ours who's got one. I still think it was a, a cool car. And uh, I think it's very excited that uh, they've, they're back in production and it's available again. You know, an old car doesn't die these days, which is a good thing. 
Okay, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for our MotorWeek podcast number 12. As always, I'd like to thank our audio engineer, Jim Bigwood, for making sure you can hear us loud and clear. Our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, and our producer, Michelle Parker, who makes sure that we get into the studio on time and always has refreshments and basically is, starts pointing at me when we're going over time. For all of us at MotorWeek, I hope you'll join us for more podcasts in the coming weeks, and be sure to catch... Motor Week on all your public television stations. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by Cars.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.